0: Welcome to the ideas that change the world podcast with Rabbi Manis Friedman, where we make sure your life will be changed for the better. One idea at a time. Rabbi Friedman is the number one voice of clarity on moral and social issues. So what are we waiting for? Let's go change the world. If you want to support It's Good to Know and the work of Rabbi Manis Friedman, please visit itsgoodtoknow.org forward slash support to join the community. In this episode, Rabbi Manis Friedman discusses God and rational thinking.
1: Welcome to another podcast of ideas that change the world, and we're privileged to once again have Rabbi Mendel Kalmason joining us all the way from London, and of course, the esteemed Rabbi Manus Friedman. So today we're going to talk about the big G word, we're going to talk about God, and Here's the thing. I have, I'm friendly, uh, with a lot of atheists and, and invariably, as much as I hate. Where do this, you hang out? <laughs> atheists. I hate of I, America I hang out with the normal people, the <laughs> rationalists. Anyway, so invariably, as much as you try to avoid the friendships getting involved into these conversations, there's going to be a conversation about, about God. And the one thing that gets me every time. And I, I don't have a, a great answer for it, even though I try. And and is there, there the argument that somebody who considers himself an atheist, let's not even spend the time over here figuring out if it's really a real thing or not. Someone who's an atheist, they, they say, use your head, prove it to me. Let's rationalize it. How do you know, how can you prove that God exists and that everything that you see in this world, I can give you an alternative explanation for And it's a tough one because we're trying to, I always feel that that means, okay, now their whole thing is rationalism. And that makes sense because we live in this world. We live in the natural world where rationalism is the, the, uh, the defining, uh, law. But, and, and now I'm going to try to debate a guy about a completely different world of spirituality where rationalism isn't the, isn't the, uh, the law. It's lamailam in hasechol to use Hasidic terminology that that our uh, that God's uh, power, God's presence, His existence, and His decisions and will—it's it's not stuff that is that is uh, that we will ever fully understand. Is there a rational way to understand God and to approach the topic of our existence? How do we respond to this?
0: Go ahead, I'm gonna, on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave this this question for Albert Freeman, just to say that a lot of very rational people throughout history believe in God. I mean, uh, from Albert Einstein, who didn't necessarily believe in the classical sense, um, to to many others who have actually found the the, the notion of of a, of a reality not designed by God, less rational than the, than the idea that right. there is and, a... And this,
1: so, this brings so up also it. the word believe is a very fu- funny word, because belief using the word belief itself doesn't indicate that I'm talking about something that I know to be true. So when Albert Einstein believed that there was a God, was he 100% sure?
0: No, I I didn't. I want to move away from him believing in there's God. It there's quite a quite a debate about what he believed, but he did express himself quite clearly, um, him and others, uh, that um, the notion that there isn't a God is potentially less plausible than, than the notion that there is.
1: Okay, so so to little,
0: say, no, to, 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 right. that's not an irrational point.
1: Yeah, but it's not necessarily enough to base your whole life decisions on.
0: No, that wasn't the question. The question was, is there is there a rational basis for belief in God? And I think in simple terms, the way I would put it, is if you, the more you... Ironically, the more scientific you are, the more knowledge you have of the universe and how complex it is and the human body and so forth And how many things have to go right for things to function normally The more in awe you are and the more I feel you, you get to a sense of an intelligent designer Of a certain in- design, that, that that's where I would go I would say I, right. But the topic today
1: is Yediyah Sashem, right? Which means I know, not that I am convinced
2: How do so, I know? So this guy tells me, I don't believe in God. So I said, I don't understand. He says, I don't believe in God. Not everybody believes in God. I said, I I don't understand what you're saying. What's God? He says, I don't know. (laughs) He says, so what don't you believe? The mitzvah, according to Rambam, the first mitzvah is getting to know God. Not believe, but know. It's been 3,000 years. What do we know? <laughs> Over all these years, studying God, studying Torah, studying... What do, what do we know about God? Very sadly, I ask Yeshiva Bachar, and they have a classic answer. You can't know. <laughs> can't know. Yes, I knew it. <laughs> he's unknowable. It's one of the things we do know about God, <laughs> is that he's unknowable. <laughs> I said, wait a minute, I paid $15,000 for you to send my kid to And that's what he comes back with. Sorry, can't know anything. <laughs> Give me my money back. How do you fulfill that mitzvah, by the way? The mitzvah of knowing God. And and what do we know so far? And then what does it mean God is unknowable? If there's a mitzvah to know him, how can you say, Seems to be a contradiction. Mm. In fact, you walk into almost any synagogue, and right there on top of the aron, it says "Da." Imid. Miyata, so, what, what am I supposed to know? The unknowable. So I saw this letter from the Shulchan I think it's 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 <laughs> awesome. The Rebbe says the mitzvah of Yediyas Hashem. Is only a hechsher mitzvah. What? It's only a preparation towards the mitzvah. Because knowing God is a preparation for understanding God. So the yediyah is a hechsher. You fulfill the mitzvah when you have havana insight. Knowing, yeah, you read, you read in the in the Torah, God God is eternal. Okay, now you know something about God. But that's not your understanding. Somebody told you. So you know, but it's not Havana. So you're not fulfilling the mitzvah. Hmm. This this is really <laughs> radical. I mean, that is like as, as far away as you hmm. can get from God is unknowable. Not only do you know, you have to have an insight. Now, the Rebbe says, what does Havana mean? When you're told something about God, like, God is unchanging. Okay, now you know something about him. That does not fulfill the mitzvah. If you take that information and you draw a new conclusion, which the Rebbe calls a chodosh, hmm. and you come to an additional insight from the idea that you have, now you fulfill the mitzvah. Now we really have a big conflict. Yeah. So now. it's experience, it's experiential? No. This insight. It's Maven Dover, Mete Dover. So
0: give me a let me give me an example of what how you have like first I'm getting personal have
2: you are you
0: how good are I was you at, ask that. how good are you at understanding? <laughs> but if you have understood then could you give me an example of what you've understood?
2: I think we talked about this last week. The, the, the previous Rebbe tells the Rebbe, and the Rebbe records it in his Rishimus, a little incident where the Rebbe says, when I was a child, I heard my father, Bimav only twice. Once Parshas Lecholcha, once Parshas Vayera. And hearing my father, Bimav review the, the Parsha before Shabbos, made me into a Baal Shiva. At the age of 11. Here's how the Rebbe describes it. Oh. My father was sitting there saying, mer Hashem el Avram, God said to Avram, and tears were streaming down his face from the sheer pleasure. And you could see the body dissolving in the sweetness of godliness. Rather poetic, no? Beautiful. Deeply. Yeah. That's it. That's the whole story. That's it. Okay, so now we know that the Rebbe Rashab found so much pleasure in those words that he couldn't contain it and had to come out in tears. Tears of pleasure. What did he find so pleasurable? Vayeyi meh alavram. So most people say, that's the beginning of everything. That's when it all started. The first contact between God and a Jew. And the rest is history, right? Okay, dramatic. That much pleasure that you can't contain it? It's not the, the historic beginning of a relationship. It's the nature of the relationship. Not vayemer el Avram El, el Hashem. vayemer el Hashem El Avram. The Eberster seeks him out. Come on, right? Okay, so th- that's the story. Now, you, th- you sit and think about it. You say, wait a minute. Look at the amount of pleasure that the Rebbe Rashab, 4,000 years later, gets from those words. How much pleasure did Avram get from those words? Put yourself in Avram's shoes. The that comes and says, can I talk to you? Did he, f- did he melt from the sweetness of... Yeah,
1: it doesn't seem that that's how the conversation went.
2: (laughs) And I imagine God said, "Avraham, Avraham." (laughs) Avraham said, "Yeah. Well, what do you want? Mm -hmm. I'm busy." (laughs) Obviously not. God reaches out to Avraham. Avraham must have melted from the pleasure of it; otherwise, he's soulless. Okay, so now I'm thinking. Wait a minute. The sweetness of it is that the Ebersteh came looking for Avraham. Was the Ebersteh crying from pleasure? So was Avraham not reflecting the Ebersteh's pleasure? And is the Rebbe Rashab, 4,000 years later, not reflecting the Ebersteh's pleasure? Particularly the Merkova. So I start off with a piece of information that the Rebbe found those words very inspiring. I deduct from that how much greater must the Ebershta's pleasure be when he came looking for Avram. So do I now know something about the Ebershta? Yeah.
1: What do we know? What do we know from that story? We know that 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 God reciprocates? No, we're the ones who are reciprocating.
2: All right. So we know that God initiates. That our relationship with Him, He initiated. It's not the only place we know we see it. Um, what is knowledge? Va, is, yeah, go ahead. The Ebrish that comes down to ma- okay again, Ebrish is saying I'm initiating this relationship. He took us out of Mitzrayim. He took us out of Mitzrayim. We didn't ask him. He came looking for us. Right? So if you ask him for an example of, how, how do you take That's a piece it. of information and gain more? But the Nebbe gives an example there also. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, for example, that the world was created, yeshma Ayyan. You did. He goes through a whole reasoning process and says, doesn't that lead you to the conclusion that the, that the thing we call the yesh is really the ayin and that the thing we're calling ayin is the true yesh? That's a Havonah, secho Chodosh, that you get from the piece of information that the world was created, yesh me ayin.
1: I, I, sorry to back you up here. The, these are all very, very interesting and, and deep pieces of information, how is it dear? I know something about God. How do I know God?"
2: Well, the first thing is define who you're talking about. To say, do you believe in God? Tell me what God means. So what do we know about God that I should believe in him, trust him, worship him, obey him? Tell me who, tell me who we're talking about. So of course you start off like the Rambam does. What do we know about God? He, he's the beginning. Everything started with him. Okay. Should I worship the original being from which everything else came?
1: Not necessarily.
2: Mm-hmm. So I need more information. I'm impressed and I'm grateful. Thank you very much for creating me. But where's the worship? Where's the, the intensity of a relationship? So this, you got to get to know him better. Why did he create the world, Bishvil? He created the world to have us, not for our benefit. That's that's a horrible idea. <laughs> like, I mean, he's doing us a favor. Uh, <laughs> we can do without this favor. <laughs> Gave mm-hmm. us a big favor by creating us. Not he created the world for our for our good. He created the world to have us. His good. For his good. In other words, I'm good for him. I'm starting to like this God. <laughs> this is getting really personal. He seems to like me. Yeah. So the more we know, the more reason we have to obey, to to worship, to serve, and to believe.
1: So the topic of Yiddish Hashem is obviously such a large topic, and we can spend forever in many podcasts talking about this. Can we get back to the basics? Because from what I'm understanding, you're jumping that first step, which is, did the world that we live in, did it happen by itself? Or did or, or did through some quantum miracle? Or, or did God create it? What's, what's the uh, what's the idea over here? This is, like, Chassidus doesn't even talk about this stuff because there's a Hanacha, there's an a, understanding and a assumption, a, and a, a, some, not just an assumption, it's a given that, of course, we have a God. Now let's build on that fact. Yeah. Do we get to question the first assumption? Yes, of course. Is that part of the idea of Hashem?
2: Yes, that's what the Rambam begins with. The first thing we know about God is that He is the original substance. Everyone knows there's an original substance.
1: Even if you believe in quantum magic.
2: (laughs) You want to call God a quanta? Okay, let's call him that. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) You want to call him a subatomic particle? I mean, what are you coming up with these names? Whatever the original substance was, everything else came from him. The question now is, why? Not how. Scientists want to know how. How do you go from an original, eternal something to this mess?
1: (laughs) Why does there have to be a reason?
2: When you have one unique existence to the exclusion of everything else, what kind of catalyst could there possibly exist that would start the process of creation? Big Bang? The only way you can have a Big Bang is if you have two things. Mm-hmm. Where did the second thing come from? So the only reasonable explanation is that there was an internal combustion. <laughs> there was something in the cre in the in the original substance that needed or wanted, not something else crashed into him and and, and exploded. So just logically, there must be an original being, and if there is an original being, what can affect it? There must be a reason. The only thing that can affect it is himself, and that means he wanted something. There was a why. Without that, nothing would happen. So if if in the beginning there was just, let's say, the the subatomic particles... They always existed. They are eternal. They just are, and then that's it. It's the end of the story. Nothing is going to happen when you have only one ingredient, unless that one ingredient is restless. <laughs> it's like has a has a personality, a desire, a, a plan, a want. First thing we know about God is that He exists because He's the original. Second thing we know is that he has a want. Or as the Madrash says, a taiva. That's the only logical explanation. Now this taiva, where did it come from? It can't come from somewhere. It has to come from him. It has to be he wants. In other words, it is it's essential. impossible
1: to say he did it for us because we
2: didn't exist. Right. It has to be he needed something yes and if he needed we're talking about him his is is essential whatever so the desire to have us and the desire for mitzvahs that's him because you can't there's no step in between there's no you can't introduce anything other than him at the beginning it was just him. There was no Chesed, there was no gvul, there was just him. So how do you
0: make sense of Aminim loch Sadikim? What is what does that, what does that
2: mean? It implies
0: that the statement imply it means it's based on a Mantrash that that um, wh- with whom did Hashem consult before creating the world with Nishmisem Shot Sadikim, with the souls of the righteous. At least at face value the implication is that they Existed on some level beforehand or with them in mind.
2: I guess is how we might understand it So if we're talking about the godly soul, which is a piece of him, they did already exist Not as pieces They hadn't pieced off yet, (laughs) but then you can already talk of him doing it for them
0: for there to be another Which means you're taking into account a future or potential other before the other exists. Yes, so but, what was
2: the Taiva? But they didn't exist to influence. Exactly. I, I, I understand. So what was his passion? His passion was to have someone besides him. Because he was only, and he doesn't want to be only.
0: If I can add one point. To, 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 that there was a desire, is we, we must say, you have to say, because that's what makes sense. But to understand the desire, I think... Is where Chassidus says it's beyond us. There's a. Dist- I'm. I'm splitting. It. I'm in this. I'm separating between the fact that there was a desire is rooted in logic, but what? How to make sense of that desire is beyond us.
2: And that's the beauty of it. The beauty of it is how do you make sense of his desire for us? The answer is it doesn't make sense, which means it's a real desire. Right. So the fact that it doesn't make sense is not a dilemma. On the contrary, it tells us, because when you say, why, why did he want us? What for? And the answer is, there is no what for. He wants us. We're not a means to an end. So the most beautiful mystery about God is, how is it that my existence can fulfill him? And I don't want to know the answer, and I don't care. It is a divine reality. It is divine to be a perfect, eternal, infinite being and not be content.
1: Ah, come on. There's got to be a reason. (laughs) Like every loving couple, like, I don't know, maybe I'm not every loving couple. You ask your, your wife, what do you like about me?
2: Oh, don't ask. Well, you're
1: in tr- <laughs> You're going to get yourself in trouble. <laughs> I've got myself in trouble. <laughs> what do you like about me?
2: Yeah, Any an- answer is going to be trouble? bad.
1: My wife asks me that. Yeah. What do you love about me?
2: Right. And
1: I'm like, you. I love you. It's not always the best answer. But it is probably the best
2: answer. It's the only answer. <laughs> and what you mean by that is... If, right. you can, if it's real love, it's yeah.
0: the right answer. But she's, she's expecting... Well, well, really what she's asking for is a compliment. Yes. So you <laughs> can preempt that, by the way.
2: <laughs> no, your wife is... Mis- you're going to understand is, the question <laughs> that's being asked. Your, your wife is wiser than that. Yeah. She's asking a real question. Yeah. What bonds us? If you say your looks, <laughs> you're in trouble. Yeah. You say, your 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 mind, <laughs> you're in trouble. Yeah. Whatever you're going to say, it's bad news. Yeah. The only answer is, I can't identify myself without you. I don't know what I am without you.
1: So you're saying that when God had that initial... Say it. <laughs> say <laughs> that it. That initial, uh, there's obviously like this moving particles, so to speak. There's, there's some sort of internal um, uh, tension. And that tension was that God loves me. I, I, I'm I, not sure what the end of and the sentence And for what? Because of me.
2: Meaning? Uh, I don't know. you got to help me out here. Meaning, God is saying, I'm not me without you. If that don't make you cry, I don't know what will. Huh.
1: I'm not really without you. Yeah, let that sit a second.
2: So not I need something and I'll get it from you. No. And that's why when we do a mitzvah, it's not for a reward. Ich will nur yeah. dir allein. But this is
1: specifically the Jewish people of this respect. To, it applies to the rock outside, the rock to the earth, uh, animals, other people, etc.? Or, is it only, or does it apply only to people who are doing what he wants?
2: So, if he really needs our presence. It would seem he needs it all, the whole package. And for whatever reason, we are not present. Does he now need us less? Of course not. Maybe a little more? Yeah. So, God says, I want you to be with me. You're not with me? Then I want you even more. So when God says, keep Shabbos with me, keep kosher with me, blow shafer with me, right? And if you don't, so now He doesn't need you? Or He needs you even more in some way. So when we're told to do mitzvahs without thought of a reward, very noble, but really? You expect this of everybody? Yeah, what's in it for me? Why? How is it possible for everybody? That seems to be the most noble, the most selfish, selfless. The reason we can do that is because we're simply reciprocating. And that's the story you were saying. He wants us without any strings attached. We're not, he's not using us as a means to an end. We don't use him as a means to an end. And that's what a marriage ought to be. So next time your wife asks, you give her this whole speech.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We we do have to end soon, um, but we're gonna have plenty of time to talking to, plenty of time to talk about this. But I do think that one of the strengths of the marriages that we have in from society, assuming it's done right, is that we develop those kinds of relationships because the dating process, where we don't date for years and get to know all of the intimate details of each other. But we're really just trying to see: is this a good partner? Um, that creates a situation. Obviously, if you got married. At least in my experience, where the relationship isn't just between two people who are getting something from each other, but for two people who are who are really connected, you know. And I always think about divorce. You know, God forbid for me. I'm saying the topic of divorce, and thinking that. If it was, if it ever happened, it means it never had. The marriage never started. It couldn't have started if if the option for divorce came up because they weren't ever in love. It was never unconditional.
2: It, it may be more than love.
1: Yeah, that's, because, that's what I mean. In other words, the love being that intimate connection that we're talking about—that I love you, not your mind, not your body, not your your the way that you think.
2: And, and it's not just love which you can lose. It's more than that. It's, you're essential to me, even if I don't love you. Yeah. yeah. So when the Tzermach Tzedek's passed away, the Tzermach said, the light of my life went out. What, did they work together or something? W- what was she doing for him? The light of my life went out? And I never understood what that meant until the Rebbe's Rebetzin passed away. And we filed by on that first day.
1: The absolute grief.
2: It was... It, it, yeah,
1: unbelievable. And what did you understand when you saw that?
2: Like everybody talks about how the Rebotson was so private and, and, and uh, the Rebbe got to spend 20 minutes with her every day eating, eating dinner together. So the grief? Over what? And the answer is it wasn't over What? It was over who? It was like the light of my life went out. This is awesome.
1: So in terms of God, that means for us that we're, we're so important and so intrinsically and essentially um, connected to him that our every action matters. I guess that's what we're saying.
2: That, that's my my favorite little story this guy calls me from israel total stranger he says i have a problem my 12 year old daughter got it into her head that god is angry at her hmm. and we can't we can't we can't budge her we tried everything and he puts her on the phone which is lovely <laughs> so i said I, I had you know totally unprepared i said god is angry at you she says yeah I said, I'm so jealous. How did you become so important? What could you have possibly have done to get God angry? Yeah. That's it. Her problem went away. If God calls to you, like Vayeim HaRashem HaLavram, that's that's mine.
1: She suddenly felt unimportant, or she suddenly felt really important. Really important.
2: (laughs) Right? Yeah. If God comes, reaches out to you. If God says, I love you, I need you, it, awesome, right? If God says, I'm angry at you, pretty awesome. How significant are we to him? And and over what? Over nothing. It's just, it
1: just is the reality. It just is.
2: Now that, every time I say this to people, people who did not believe in God, I, tell, I say this to people. I say,
1: when you say what to them? Uh, when
2: you tell what to these people? How we are essential to him oh, and this what it means. Them, right? yeah. All of a sudden, it's like, eh, I can believe that. They don't really mean belief. They don't yeah. understand what belief is. But all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I, I can get into that. Mm. But if you say to them, believe in God, no, I can't. I, uh, because I don't know what you're talking about the more we get to know him.
1: I, I, I know we have to th- 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 close this conversation. Um, so just last thing. What is uh, emuna? The word emuna that we normally use for
2: the word belief. Is that a correct translation? One of the ways of understanding emuna means whatever it is I know about God, it is much more real than I know. Hmm. So that is kind of belief. So even if my him. argument fails, he's still real.
1: You know, this topic is so deep and it's so extensive. And I know that we're going to discuss this a lot in the future, but this is such a great jumping point and a starting point, uh, for these future discussions. And, uh, I'd like to thank you so much again, Rabbi Friedman, for that, uh, that wisdom. And thank you so much, Rabbi Collinson, for joining us today as well as our, as our guest. And, uh, we look forward to seeing all you. I guess you don't see on a podcast, but to having you back for our next, next podcast of ideas that change the world.
0: If you want to support It's Good to Know in the work of Rabbi Manis Friedman, please visit itsgoodtoknow.org forward slash support to join the community. This is the Ideas That Change the World podcast with Rabbi Manis Friedman, changing your life for the better, one idea at a time. Like it, share it, and leave us a review. Tune in next week for more ideas that change the world.